Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, familiar passage. This is a Christmas narrative, but we're not going to read it with Christmas in mind. We're going to read it with Christianity in mind. Are you ready? says this, now there were in the, in the same country shepherds. Who are we talking about? Shepherds were living out in the fields. They were in a dark field, keeping watch over their flock by night. So they're in a field, dark night, out there. And they're keeping the flocks. <laughs> Butcher that. <laughs> Let's not do that again. Keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord. This angel was from God, stood before them, and they were greatly afraid because the glory of the Lord shined around them. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I will bring you good tidings, which means good news of great joy. What's Christianity about, preacher? It's about good news of great joy. You go to some churches, they make the gospel bad news of discouraging joy. But the Bible is clear that it's good news, great joy, which will be towards some people. Come on. To uh, religious people. For God so loved the church. God so loved the what? The world. And he says all people. This is before Cornelius, a non-Jew, experiences the reality of the Holy Spirit. This is literally uh, decades before non-Jews experienced God. But the angel's forecast is that Christianity is not for some, it's for all people. It's for the skeptic, it's for the angry, it's for the addicted, it's for the broken, it's for the down and out, and it's for the up and out. All people. He says all people. And he goes on. And he says, uh, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you that you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with him a multitude of angels of heavenly hosts. It was a choir, saying and singing, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, shalom, peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, this is where it gets really interesting, this is kind of my my thesis this morning, after they experienced angels, they were still hungry for more. They're like, that was sweet. That was, if they were a youngster, they would say, that was sick. That was amazing. The angels sang. But notice they looked at each other and they said, let's now go. Let us now go to Bethlehem. Why are we going to go? So we can see. Let's go, two phrases, let's go, let's see. Let's go and let's see this thing that has come to pass, which God has made known to us. And when they came in a hurry, they found, they were searching, obviously the word found is like the idea they were searching diligently. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they seen him, it wasn't until they saw him, but when they saw him, they made him widely known. It's hard to make God widely known until you personally see him. They saw him, and the saying concerning this child, all the things they heard 
it mar- and everyone marveled that heard the things the shepherds talked about. Mary kept all these things in her, and pondered them in her hearts. Then the shepherds returned to their fields, glorifying God, glorifying God, and praising God for all the things that they heard and all the things that they seen as it was told to them. I want to talk to you today about more. Is that all right? Simple title, kind of go anywhere with it. Is that okay? It's the preacher's generic way to preach whatever he wants. What was the message about more? Let's pray this morning. God, I just thank you for the opportunity to be with some of the most amazing people on the earth. I thank you for the way that you, you deeply love everyone in this tent. I thank you the way that you love everyone that's even tuning in right now online. I ask you that whether we're a first-time visitor, maybe we're just hopped on Facebook and we're, we kind of stumbled upon this live stream, or whether we're in this tent faithfully every week, God, would you please meet us where we are? We believe today that we are at our best when our hearts are open to you. I thank you that in church, like a parachute, our minds work best when they're open. Today, would you meet us? Would you speak to us? Would you lead us? Would you guide us? And would you bless the Lakers with another championship? In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Anybody like more? Who likes more? Like maybe qualify, right? Like more 2020? No. Less. I don't want more problems. I don't want more stress. I... I don't want more uh, pain, but it seems like life has a way of serving some of that stuff up. But I would say that there's some things that I love getting more of. I love it when my alarm clock goes off and I can go back to sleep longer. Someone say more. I'm like, dear God, it's my day off. Come on, yes, Lord. More. I love, I love it when you can get more sleep. I, I love it when you're actually, I don't watch a, a lot of TV or Netflix, but every once in a while my wife and I will find a show. And we'll start watching it, and it's just like, man, we got to keep going. We're not quitters. It's like 12.30, we're like, we're going to sleep, babe. After, okay, after this next season, we're going to bed. We're not going season three tonight. Say with me more. Some things are just good, like you get more of it. I, I remember uh, growing up. Uh, there was a demonic place. I wonder, I look back in pictures, I'm like, man, why did I look like that? And I realized it was because of the Olive Garden. It's funny, in the 90s, no one knew what carbs were. Why are we perpetually bloated? It's like I was living off chicken Alfredo. Those demonic breadsticks they kept bringing out. I was always angry at the server for even asking if I wanted more. I'm like, of course. That's why we came here. Salad? Yeah, I'm a cow. Bring it out. I'm grazing on that stuff. That is the most unhealthy salad ever created. They say that methamphetamine is in the dressing. It's like grazing on this salad. I'm down in breadsticks like they're Mentos. I'm like, these aren't skinny jeans. That's just the Olive Garden. Olive Garden had a way, man, you go there for more. Just you kind of eat more, and you're wondering, why am I so bloated? Just you had, you had, you had too much. Too much. I, I've been in a lot of environments that you're just hungry for more. I, I remember growing up, I, I love going to basketball games. My, 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 uh, my family was Laker fans. We used to go watch Kareem and James Worthy. Come on. Magic Johnson. We used to go to the Forum. 
Anybody go to the forum? Come on, we got one Christian in the back. Um, went to the forum when I was a kid. In my, we'd have a lot of money. My dad's a mailman, and uh, he would save up, and he, uh, he, he would buy us a family. It's a lot expensive to take all those kids. He'd buy my brothers and I. I have two brothers, uh, John and Lucifer, and um, it's not his name. His name's Satan. Um, he would take my brothers and I to this Laker game, and uh, we would go watch the Lakers because we're Lakers fans, but we would go when they're playing the Clippers at home. The same stadium, same teams, different wood floors. Prices, quarter the price. So we go watch Lakers. I remember going to the forum. I wear my bulletproof, bulletproof uh, vest because it's in Inglewood, California. Try not to get shot on the way to the stadium. I would get inside, and it's a true story. I went to probably four or five games when I was a kid, and I remember sitting in the very top seat of the forum consistently every time. My dad had a, I don't even know you could do that like on purpose, but we sat in the, I mean, I had to take elevation medication, <laughs> the no, nosebleeds. Um, I literally brought binoculars. I could touch the ceiling of the forum. I was in second grade. That made it funnier for some reason. <laughs> I touched the ceiling. I remember watching the, the athletes, seven-foot men, crazy fast. I had my binoculars. I literally brought, we, we literally brought binoculars, which you could guess we weren't sitting courtside. We were in the parking lot. <laughs> Why do they all have binoculars? <laughs> we were watching from another continent, <laughs> and uh, these seven-foot giants, they just look like little tiny, like little bugs. And I'm watching him go, I was so bored. I'm like, I, I spent more time looking at Jack Nicholson than I did the game. I was so disinterested in the game. It's funny, years later would go by, and we moved to Idaho, and I'd become the chaplain for the football team, and I'd start mentoring some athletes and basketball players. And one of my friends actually played, uh, played for, uh, played in the NBA. Uh, and, and uh, that was tough to say. Uh, and he got me tickets. He got me floor seats. And uh, I went to Utah, and I watched the Lakers play at home uh, in Utah. This story is getting better and better. I'm no scholar, but this guy's lying. Um, <laughs> All right. It's a long introduction. Um, he... Uh, it was the Lakers away game. It was at the Jazz. And um, I got there. It was before LeBron was playing for the Lakers. And uh, the security guy saw me as I walked and sat on the, the front row seat. And he said, last night, LeBron fell into the guy sitting in this chair. I said, Lord, do it again. <laughs> I watched this game. It was amazing. It was the same sport. Seven-foot athletes, six-foot-eight athletes running crazy 40 times, jumping out of the gymnasium. The speed of the sport, way faster than it looks on TV. Ball is flying. People are flying. And it was so interesting to me that I was watching the same sport I grew up watching at the Forum. But you know what was different? My, my interest. And I learned a powerful lesson that day. Write this down, that your proximity always determines your interest. Some of you are bored with Jesus, not because he's not exciting, but because you're so far away from the action. Some of you think that the Bible is, is outdated and it's just like some boring literature of history. 
Some of you think that the Holy Spirit isn't really still moving in the world. Some of you thought miracles were for yesterday. Some of you think that Jesus was just another good teacher. Some of you think that your religion says that he was just a good prophet. The problem with Jesus being a prophet is he never claimed to just be a prophet. He said that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I am the door between heaven and earth. He said, no one comes to God except through me. Problem is, prophets don't talk like that. God talks like that. So you're a little bit of a pickle if you think God is just a good teacher. Many people are disinterested in Christianity, not because God's not real or good, but because oftentimes, I'll be honest, churches have taken the greatest news in the world and have made it boring. People don't leave churches because they're lying. Some churches are theologically as straight as a gun barrel, but just as empty. There's no excitement. There's no faith. They're telling the truth, but they're saying it in a very boring way. That's why most pastors are like, man, our church, our church service can't go longer than 37 minutes. They'll stop showing up. I saw a video that was like a future forecast, like a Saturday Night Life skit of churches in the year 2050. And the church services were seven minutes long. Sang a song for 30 seconds, gave a 10-minute or a 10-second message and a 15-second altar call, and we got everybody out of there. Because for some reason, Hollywood movies get longer, but church services get shorter. It's almost as though the devil is better at telling lies than Christians are at telling the truth. I believe we have the greatest news in the world. I believe we have the greatest God in the world. I believe the Spirit of God is the greatest entity on the earth. But many people are bored out of their mind. Falling asleep with their binoculars on their shoulders. Disinterested in scriptures. Disinterested in church. Disinterested in prayer. We are more fascinated with the occult than we are with Jesus. Man, psychic booth, that sounds exciting. Tarot cards, that seems interesting. Palm readers, let's check it out. Church, boring. And I've learned this, that proximity determines interest. Some of you think that Jesus is boring, not because he is, but because you're so far away. Annoyed myself right there. I do believe that God is close to those that want to be close. James says it this way, if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. I am convinced that we have the greatest God, the greatest, the greatest message earth has ever seen. How do you know? Because I have pastored some of the most famous athletes in Idaho, which isn't saying, you know, a ton-ton. <laughs> winning state in Idaho is like winning your city in California. But I would say this, these athletes were on Sports Center. A lot of them went into the NFL, won Super Bowls. I saw these guys with tears streaming down their face saying, Mark, I've been to strip clubs. Mark, I've been in multiple relationships. I've done drugs. I've gone everywhere, done everything that society has to offer. And I found at this altar what I've looked everywhere else for. I know I have the greatest. Are you hearing me today? We have the greatest news on the earth. Period. And some people say, Mark, that good news about Jesus, that's for church people. That's for the spiritually minded people. I'm not like that. I'm not spiritually wired. I'm, I'm kind of dead on the inside towards God. Well, I got good news for you because when Jesus decided to come to the earth, and when God decided to make the greatest announcement that earth has ever heard, he sent the message through angels, and he didn't send it to D.C. 
didn't send into Oxford, didn't send into Harvard or Yale, which there's nothing wrong with those places. Instead, he went to a dark field. And he sent angels on assignment with the greatest message that earth has ever heard to shepherds. Now, before you're like, well, shepherds are great. That's what God loves. The world did not love shepherds. In the ancient world, if you were a shepherd, you were like a notch above um, a leper. It's like lepers, shepherds. But for some reason, God loves shepherds. People like Moses that were shepherds. Guy went from a prince in Egypt. Come on, good name for a movie. 40 years of his life in the White House. Next 40 years of his life in the Sinai Peninsula. Leading about, leading thousands of dumb sheep. And then he'd spend the next 40 years leading millions of dumb people. It was great training. I believe that God used people. Joshua was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. And Jesus himself says that he is the good. I want you to know that God loves shepherds. And I love this story because God wanted to reveal who Jesus was to shepherds first. I think God loves shepherds because God knows what it's like both to be the shepherd and to be the lamb. He's the only one that's ever lived that's been both lamb and shepherd simultaneously. These shepherds were responsible for taking care of the lambs that were being sacrificed in the churches. They actually gave society their greatest resource, which was forgiveness of sins. But while they were raising up these sacrificial animals, they themselves were ostracized. They were usually ceremonially unclean. So people in society, the religious sector of the day, looked down on shepherds. They said that shepherds were the outcast. Shepherds were those that weren't good enough. There was the lowest social economic status. You're not even making minimum wage. You, you didn't go to college. You're not very smart. You should just go be a shepherd. And I love the fact that God brings the greatest news to the earth. And he doesn't announce it in the White House. He doesn't go to Pharaoh's palace. He goes to a field with nobodies. I want to talk to you today. You feel like, Mark, I'm not a somebody spiritually. I'm a nobody spiritually. God brought the message of Jesus to you. Some of you go, well, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm good enough. None of us are good enough. And you're not interested today because you are so far away from the action. I believe that God is a God that wants to reveal himself. And I'll be really honest with you today that the greatest thing you can get more of is more of God. I believe what's killing our generation is secondhand Christianity. We have people like secondhand smoke that you have your own, you have your own source, but you're contaminating everybody around you. Some of you grew up in the smoke of someone else's faith. You think that you have God because you so, someone in your family was smoking. Let's keep going with it, all right? But I believe that God wants everyone in this tent to have their own fire, to have your own flame. God today wants you to experience the miracle of having, his, having God renew your heart. God is the God that pulls out the heart of stone and gives you the heart of clay. He is the God that has the power to renew your dirty mind. Some of you have no idea what it would look like to live liberated of darkness. But I want you to know today that Jesus came to shepherds and offered them a new mind and a new heart. Yeah, if you're going to clap, come on, give God a good hand clap today. People say, Mark, what is Christianity about? I believe Christianity is about overcoming fear. 
First message the angels tell the shepherds, you know what they said? Do not be afraid. You know why most of you are fearful in life? You're fearful of temporary things because you don't know God eternally. I've learned this, that when your fear of God and your respect of eternity is real, your fear of temporary things lifts. You stop being scared of death the day you, moment, you, the day you realize what eternity is all about. I don't fear death anymore. I'm not scared of eternity anymore. There is something about being right with God that liberates peace in every other area. And if God's big enough to take care of me forever, he's big enough to take care of me temporarily. If God, who's in control of my eternity, if I can trust him with forever, maybe I can trust him with my marriage. Maybe I can trust him with my business. Maybe, maybe God is trustworthy with believing him for miracles. I believe that Jesus came to overcome fear. I actually believe the moment Jesus comes into your life, you start almost having this fear uh, disinfected. Jesus has a way, almost like a, it's almost like an antibacterial soap that dissolves the fears of life. God's, God starts shaking the fear of men. He starts quenching, he starts killing the fear of failure. He's the God that when he fills you up, he makes you bold. Some of you have been dominated by fear because you've never been dominated by Jesus. When Jesus dominates you, fear doesn't. Can I say it for the back? Some of you are dominated by fear because you've never let God dominate your heart. Telling you that when you respect God, you stop respecting second-class powers. Angel said, I got good news to you. He says, do not be afraid. Because I believe Jesus offers us a, a, a grace to overcome the fears of life. Secondly, I believe Jesus came to offer us good news of great joy. Listen to me very clearly today. If you've been to a church that you left going, that's not good news, and I, le I left with less joy, you did not hear the gospel. Well, I went to church for 20 years, but I was just a victim of boringness. That's a word. That is not good news of great joy. I want you to know that Jesus went to the cross to lift your life out of despair. And when people get up here and say, well, you're just gonna, you're gonna suffer, you're gonna be miserable, God might be able to get you to heaven, but that's about it. Problem with theology that removes miracles and the power of God is it requires zero faith. And Hebrews eleven six says that anyone that comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Here's the issue with those that do not diligently seek him. You're not rewarded with exploits because you're living with zero faith. God, can I ask a logical question? If God is big enough to get you into heaven eternally, do you think he's too small to heal your body? Do you really think that he can't hear your prayers? Well, Mark, you don't understand. Do the doctors say it's going to be with me for the rest of my life? You don't understand. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. I fundamentally believe that, that miracles are what God loves to do. God can do anything. Some are like, why? I don't know. It's not logically. There's a lot of things that are logically not possible. Do you know that in the 1950s, they said doctors and scientists said it was impossible for someone to run a mile under four minutes. Impossible. The, the human body cannot do it. 
then all of a sudden, May 6th, I believe it was, in 1954, there was a guy, I can't remember his name. He was a guy, though. He's fast. <laughs> this guy ran a mile in three minutes, 59 seconds, 0.6. And he broke the four-mile barrier. You know what's crazy about when people break barriers that people say can't be broken? All of a sudden, more people start breaking them. Within weeks, other people broke his record. Do you know that today the record is not 3 minutes and 59 seconds? It's 3 minutes and 43 seconds. We have taken, like, that, that's like years off of a mile time. And here's my point. It's always impossible until someone does it. Some of you are putting these limitations. Well, God, you can get me to heaven, but you can't kill my heart. God, you can deliver me from, the, from one kingdom to another kingdom, but you can't put forgiveness in my heart towards my spouse. You can't get me out of this drinking addiction. You're not really big enough to heal my cancer. I think you can touch headaches, but not cancer. Can I ask you a question, logical question today? With God's on the stage, and there's a boulder here, and there's a pebble here. Logical question. What is easier for God to lift, the boulder or the pebble? It's a trick question. Listen to me, it's the same. I want you to write this down. With God, nothing is hard. And with God, nothing is easy. It's the same. God can lift things easily or hard things easily. He can do it both. Are you still with me today? Almost finished here. Is I believe that Jesus came so that we can overcome the fears of life. Because when God fills your heart, he gives you courage. Secondly, good news of great joy. Today, I want you to know that a, a perpetually discouraged person, uh, a perpetually discouraged Christian is an oxymoron. One of the fruits of Jesus living in your life is joy. Last time I checked, discouragement, despair, and confusion are not fruits of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord came to give me love, joy, peace, patience, confusion, depression, anxiety, worry. And fear. Here's the problem. Is we listen more to what society says than we do what God says. We become American Christians. We start quoting verses that aren't in the Bible. You know, God blesses those that bless themselves and work hard. God helps those who help themselves. Proverbs of 32. You have this American brand of Christianity. I want you to know, well, God, I, I'm, just, I'm just depressed, discouraged, and I'm just downcast, and that's just the way that God made me, and I just got to suffer. I want you to know that if some of you treated your kids the way that you think God treats his, you would be arrested. Well, God gave me cancer to teach me a lesson on suffering. Well, look at, look at Job. How about look at Jesus? Okay. Well, you got to just like, he just, he's trying to teach me merciful perseverance. No, I don't lock my kids outside to teach them how warm our house is. Stay out there. You're going to love me when you come in. You're going to be seeing that I'm a good, good father.
And for some reason, we have these pastors and churches that have preached messages that are not biblical. That, that you being evil are a better father than God. If you love to take care of your kids, I want to hear this very clear. Why would you ever think that God would not want to take care of you? Well, I, heard, I watched a documentary. Oh, that's... I watched that documentary about the church, and I, it was all these suspicious things of all these things happening, and there were some crooked pastors, and they, they, they're all crooked, and the church is perverse, and all Christians are just a bunch of phonies and a bunch of actors, and it's just, listen to me. I've been to restaurants that I've gotten food poisoning. I have not stopped eating. Some reason... The devil has convinced you because one joker that led a church didn't wash his hands, was spitting in the food, that you think that all churches are like that. This church is not perfect, but there is, there is, a, there is a value for God's power and his purity in this church. Are you hearing me today? Some of you have given up on God because of a weird Christian. You've given up on God because of a phony church. Do not let one bad Taco Bell stop you from enjoying Mexican food. That was a word right there for someone. Jesus came. Who did he come for? He came for Christians. No, he didn't. God still loved the church. No, God still loved the world. Angel makes it very clear. Very, listen to me. He said, this is good news of great joy for all people. God said there would be a miracle this Sunday. Here's the miracle. Is that his love would not just come to those that are spiritually minded today. Here's the miracle. God wants his love to break the walls of hardness, unbelief. Some of you have been holding a grudge against God for 37 years. And today, here's the miracle. God's love is going to break that wall down. And I see the Holy Spirit, when the wall comes down, is love invading your heart. You're not going to get religion today. You're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come in. And when the same Spirit that got Jesus out of the grave fills your heart, the same power that got him out of the grave is going to get you out of your darkness. The same power that got Jesus out of the, out of the graveyard is the same Spirit that's going to get you out of your alcoholism. It's going to get you out of your drug abuse. It's going to get you out of your cheating lifestyle, your perpetual lying, your perpetual stealing. You listen to me. The same God that got Jesus out will get you out. This is the God that we serve. And I sense the Holy Spirit just saying God's love is not for some, it's for all. You ever see one of those hats that says one size fits all? There's always that one guy that's like doesn't fit me. I want you to know that the, that the gospel fits all. There's no one with too big of an ego. There's no one with too much pain. No one with too many problems. God wants to give more of himself, listen to me, to anyone that will ask for it. You're asking me to change my identity and my values. No, I'm asking you to, to be brave enough to invite God into your life. You know the crazy thing is you have nothing to lose. I'm always amazed when I talk to my atheist friends. I have a lot of atheist friends. I'm always like, bro, you lose nothing if you, if you open up your heart to God. Do you know that? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, bro, if you're wrong and I'm wrong, 
we have totally different things to lose. Like, if I'm wrong that Jesus isn't real, then um, I'm going to live a morally good life. I'm going to be a good neighbor because I, I follow the teachings of Jesus. I'm going to be a good husband, a good citizen of my country. I'm going to be good to my enemies. I'm going to bless those that are mean to me. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to be pure. If I'm wrong, listen to me, I'm going to live a good moral life, and I'll be dead forever like you. So I don't miss out on anything. But if you're wrong, you aren't just gambling 70 years, 80 years. You're gambling eternity. So if I'm wrong, I'm, you know, I don't miss out on anything. If you're an atheist, you're like, well, God's not real and blah, 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 blah. You know, he is real. And if you're brave enough just to say, God, if you are real, show me. And there's someone so hard in this room today that you would say, God, even if he was real, I still wouldn't invite him. That's your problem. Is you like the idea that you are unreachable by God. And if you'll let God dismantle that bomb, the explosion will not go off. But I'm telling you, you're on a, I feel like there's someone in here. You are on the road that leads to destruction. I'm not scaring anybody today, but I want you to know that hell is a real place because heaven is a real place. What's the metaphor? It's metaphor. It's not metaphorical, homie. It's real. Well, I don't like you. You're saying that hell's real. There's no absolutes. This is cancel culture. Cancel Oceans Church. You shout all you want. I'm telling you right now that I'd rather go to a church that smacks me with truth then kisses me with lies. There is a real eternity. There is a real God that loves you. You really are a, you really are a, a person with darkness inside of you. You are not born righteous. You are born a sinner. You are born again righteous. Jesus came to turn sinners into saints. And if you're here today, I'm not asking you to become religious. I'm asking you to experience the miracle of knowing God more. What's a miracle, Mark? A miracle is when you start knowing God more. I'm not asking you to become a pastor, a preacher, an evangelist, a prophet. I'm asking you to say, you know what? Maybe God isn't my problem. I'm going to let God in. If God can reveal himself to shepherds, you know what the shepherds' saving grace was? Is they saw angels and they didn't settle for angels. Can I ask you a question? If angels showed up to your, your living room and said, hey, Jesus is born. I'm telling you right now, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I saw angels. And if you saw a choir of angels singing, you'd be telling everybody, bro, angels visit me, and they sing to me. I'm writing a book. I'm going to start a ministry. I'm going to put tents up in different cities. People are going to come because I'm the angel guy. But you know what I love about this story is these shepherds didn't settle for angels. They're like, look, the angels were good. But let's go see the God that sent the angels. Let's go see the God that sent the angels. And when you're hungry for more, they didn't settle for angels. They wanted God. Don't settle for a good message. Go for God. Don't settle for five minutes in your Bible. Go for God. Don't just sing a song or two in your car. Go for God. There's something about in your hearts going, God, I want you and I want, I want an undefiled, I want a pure relationship with God. I want everything that Jesus died to give me. So many of you are living under the poverty line of God's revelation knowledge. Jesus is richer than Bill Gates. He's got more than Warren Buffett. 
He's got, he's got more assets than Mark Zuckerberg. I want you to know this really clearly today. If your dad was one of them, you would live rich. But you have a father that's way more affluent, and some of you are living spiritually poor. Jesus didn't die for some divorced, partial custody of his kids. He didn't want to just visit you on the weekends. God does not want partial custody. He is jealous to love you and know you and live with you. Are you hearing me today? Give me a hand clap if you believe it. He wants all of you. He wants your dreams. He, he wants your heart. He wants your affections. He's jealous for you. This is the God that we serve. You can stand to your feet. These shepherds experienced something so real when they saw Jesus that they went back to their old fields and they went back as new men. I believe that when you really have an encounter with Jesus, you might go back to an old place, but you'll go back new. God wants you to go back to your same job in a new way. Same marriage, a new way. Same kids as a new dad, a new mom. How many believe God can do something new? Today, today I feel his presence. These shepherds came in. You know what the shepherds did? They went back to the field and they replaced the angels. You know why God, I think, reveals Jesus to us? Allows angels to show up in our lives, to point us to him? So that we can do what the angels cannot do. You see, angels can worship God, but they cannot worship God as one that's been redeemed. We as humans can do what angels wish they could do. Sing with free will. Sing as those that were bought back from darkness. We get to offer Jesus the song of the redeemed. I dare you to close your eyes. This is a holy moment. I want you to put your hand on your heart. And I, I would ask Holy Spirit right now, anyone in this, in this tent or online that maybe is struggling with fear, maybe worried about their identity, worried about their ego, worried about their platform or their business, I pray that none of, the, none of the cares of this world would suffocate your word. I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that everyone that's had a hard heart, that you would bust it open today. I pray the heart of stone will be replaced with the heart of clay. I pray the doubting mind will be, become the mind of Christ. I pray that they would go from no faith to great faith. We invite you, Holy Spirit. If you're in the tents today and you say, Mark, very simply put, I want, I want to just pray for really three things today. The first thing is, you have a fear, there's fears in life that you would love to invite God to evict. It might be the fear of death, the fear of failure, the, fe the fear of maybe divorce, or the fear of your kids going crazy, or the, I don't know what fear it is, but I heard very clearly that one of Jesus' favorite things he loves to do is to fill us full of his spirit that evicts fear. If you're here today and you say, Mark, would you pray for me that God would remove the fear in my mind and the fear in my heart? Whether you're online or you're in the tents, I want you to lift your hands or put your hand on your heart right now. If you're in the tents, put your hands in the air. I pray for every brother and every sister under the sound of my voice. Most honest people in Orange County, go lift your hands, all right, all over the tents. I pray for any fear, fear that we're not good enough, fear of insecurity, I pray, Lord, the fear of, of not being enough, not doing enough, not making it. I pray the fear, Lord, of, of, of men. 
worried about what people are going to think of us. I ask you today in Jesus' name that you would break the back of all temporary fears by giving us the fear of God. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It says knowledge of the Holy One leads to understanding. I ask you today, Lord, that you would give us a honor and a respect of God. I pray that any mountain that's been intimidating us, you would intimidate with the presence of God. With our hands in the air today, come on, we're a church that's going to be bold and courageous. I want you to say this prayer boldly. Say, in Jesus' name, I command every spirit of fear to leave my mind, leave my heart, leave my marriage, leave my children, leave my family. God hasn't given me that. I receive power, love, and a sound mind in Jesus' name. Hands on your heart. He's here. I feel his authority in this tent. You're here today, and you say, Mark, this sounds like good news that I can open up my heart to God, that I don't have to be perfect to let him in my life. God can meet you exactly where you are broken, busted, disgusted, you're down and out with nothing, or you live in a mansion and you've never had a relationship with God. God is a God of all people. He's a God that reached out to the Magi, that left the palace to meet Jesus, and he's the God that met the shepherds that left the pasture. Whether you're coming from a palace or a pasture, God wants to encounter you. If you're here today, I'm going to do this really specific. If you walked away from God, Somewhere along the way, you got off track with Jesus. And today, you say, Mark, I want to know the miracle of getting my life back on track. I want to live my life with more of God. Not less, more of Jesus. I'm not scared of it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not embarrassed by it. If I can live for Jesus and I can know him, I want all of him. If you want to rededicate your life, you're going to raise your hand on the count of three. And the second group is, is if you're here and you've never known Jesus in a real, in a personal way, I'm not asking if you went to church. I'm not asking if you went to a Christian school. Going to church makes you a Christian like going to a sporting event makes you athletic. Not necessarily true. Owning an oven does not make you a baker. And if you're here today... And you say, Mark, I, I've been around God, been around Christians, but I'm not living my life with Jesus. I'm not living my life for Jesus. And I, for the first time, want to invite God more of Jesus, his love, his presence, his spirit. That peace you feel right now, that's the spirit of God. Eyes closed. That joy you feel right now, that's the spirit of God. That courage you feel right now, yeah, for him, that's the spirit of God. That electricity that's healing your mass on your body, that's the Spirit of God. And that's God's presence knocking at the door of your heart. If you'll open up, He'll come inside. If you're rededicating your life and for the first time putting your faith in Jesus, saying, I want more of God. All over this tent, there was 20 last service, there was more this service, and there's even more online. If you're in the room today, I want you to lift your hand on the count of three. If you want to rededicate your life, one... I'm going to give you three seconds. Hands are already going up because I'm going to rededicate my life. I'm going to invite my God into my life. Two, more hands are going up. This is going to be a miracle Sunday. Online right heart right now. 
I want you to raise it real high. That's you. No one's looking. Three, real high. That's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. Real high. I see four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Keep it up. Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Twenty. Twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least twenty-two. At least twenty-two. If you're online right now, your heart's beating out of your rib cage. You're sweating in parts of your body that you didn't know could sweat. God is pointing his finger at you in a loving way, saying, what do you want? And I promise you, if you'll let God come into your life, I know people that regret how they spent their money, how they spent their time, how they spent their talents. I have never met one person at the end of their life that said, I wish I would have given God less. But history would record thousands that say, God, I wish I would have given you more of my life. Don't wait until you're 90 to get right with Jesus. Don't wait until you're in a senior citizen home to get right with Jesus. I want to serve God before I need too much Botox. I want to serve God while I'm young. I want to give God the best years of my life. Eyes closed. There's 10 more. I believe many of you are online. I want you to write heart, H-E-A-R-T, on the count of three. And there's 10 more. There's one. If you didn't raise your hand, but you were supposed to, I want you to raise your hand. There's two. You're supposed to raise it, but you didn't. There's three. Raise it up. Raise it up. There's four. Keep it up. Keep it up. There's five. There's six. There's seven. I was supposed to, but I didn't. Seven. There's at least seven that raised their hand. Eight. I see you. Nine. Thank you in the back. I saw you. All right, so like 32. Look, there's at least three to five, maybe more online. I want you to say heart. Listen to me, Oceans. God was very clear this week. He said, I don't want you to preach about this, that, or the other. I just want you to do a very simple introduction. Who Jesus is, who he sent the angels to, and how Je Jesus is not for spiritual people. He's for all people. And listen to me, everyone's getting on the bus today, and next week, we're going to meet with God. Hear me clearly. And those vices, those generational addictions, those things that run in your bloodline, you listen to me. God told me next week that like Pharaoh, Pharaoh didn't want to let God's people go. Remember what Moses said? Let my people go that they might worship me. God is going to release the grip of Pharaoh next Sunday. And you will worship God in freedom. But we're starting today by just getting right with Jesus. So at least 55 people this Sunday. Okay. So I want you to pray this prayer online and in the tents where this is our introductory prayer. This is our step one. Say, Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to heal me. I ask you to wash me. Remove the hurts from past churches, past Christians, past experiences. Give me a new heart a new mind with a new appetite. Holy Spirit, make your home in me. Evict darkness, fill me with light. Jesus Christ's name. I have a friend, he was in the back. Uh, eyes closed over here, don't look back there. I'll be the only one looking back there, but uh, he was kind of a muscular looking dude. I'm not sure if he's still back there somewhere. Uh, he had glasses on, man, 
Where's the, uh, it's hard to see everybody standing up. You guys kind of wiggle around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, white button-up shirt. Don't look, but yeah, you, white, you, you have the white button-up shirt, sunglasses. You know what I'm talking about? Just put your hand on your heart. You're looking at me right now with the rest of everybody else in the tent. Your bald head, sunglasses, white shirt. Take a look at your shirt real fast. It's white, right? Just put your hand on your heart. You don't have to put your hand on your heart if you don't want to. That's you, though. Yeah, you just look down. That's you. Okay. So put your hand on your heart. I'm not trying to embarrass you. Just close your eyes. But I heard the Holy Spirit as I was speaking. There's faith that God is putting in you today, sir, that was lost over a, almost a lifetime of Christians disappointing you. And I felt the Lord saying that I'm going to restore the, the authenticity of genuine faith. There's been genuine faith in your family. And I, I really do believe, um, and I, I can't tell, I don't know if I know you or not, but I just feel like the Lord, I saw you, and I, I, I again, this is at a distance, but I just felt like the Lord, He's renewing a, a new faith in you. There is a renewed faith in you today. There's even someone sitting next to you, I think this is for them as well, but there was like a, a loss of genuine faith that was in your family. I don't know if it's a kid or a cousin or a brother, but I believe that today is the day that God is reinvigorating a genuine faith. I pray for fresh encounters. And I just pray today for my friend. I'm, and there, there was someone else in that section too. I just feel it. That it was like your first time today at our church. And I, I believe that God is just reinvigorating authentic faith. Healing you of a lifetime of people that have disappointed you. Healing deep wounds. You're going to believe for miracles once again. In Jesus' name. Hands on your heart all over the place. Eyes closed. Just pray, Lord, anyone that needs a physical healing in their body, tuberculosis. I pray for people that had a stroke that have lost feeling in their body. I just pray, Lord, even right now, numb areas would come back. Yeah. I pray right now that you would heal. That you would heal. As we close this service up, just say, Lord, I believe that you can do anything. Would you heal me? Would you wash me? Would you make me new? I love you, and I thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name. Can we give God a good hand clap? He's so good. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.